Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today's episode, we're talking about the importance of contracts. And this is a really dry and boring and dull subject because contracts. Contracts was actually one of the um, classes I did the worst in in law school, just FYI. Um, Something about a class where you go in and they're like, okay, read this 40-page case uh, you know, opinion. And then you're going to read another 40 page opinion after that. And they, they rule completely opposite ways. And now they're like, okay, now, you know, the law. And I'm like, I have no idea what it is. You know, contracts was like, it boggled my mind. Like it ultimately boiled down to, you can argue anything in any direction you want in any way. And that's, there's case law, to support it. Like there's a judge who ruled in your way. All you gotta do is make an argument. And um, so I didn't particularly like that class because for all the, for all the, the bright line rules that they had, and that's a term of art, it means that the hard, the clearly defined lines where it's black on one side, white on one side, right? Um, for all these rules that they say they had in contracts, like it was like, oh, they, they didn't exist. Um, so, Despite that fact, despite the fact that contracts is this arcane pain in the butt that even like people who were attorneys just absolutely hate, um, you need to have contracts because they're just so darn important, right? You might have heard, get it in writing. Well, um, rule number one of contracts class, and so here you go, a quick little law school education, right? Rule number one of law school uh, contract class is get it in writing, get it in writing, get it in writing, and get it in writing. It doesn't matter how friendly you are with somebody. It doesn't matter how nice they seem. It doesn't matter how hard they're working on your behalf. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. Get it in writing. Because I have seen far too many people get boned because they didn't have their agreement in writing. And so at the end of the day, somebody's like, well, we didn't have it in writing. I guess we don't really have to pay them or we don't really have to do this thing that we told them we would up and down for many, many months. It doesn't matter. You can be screwed over super easy without something in writing. And like, there's all kinds of rules um, on top of that, that go into contracts. There's this thing called the rule against perpetuities, RAP, RAP, okay? And it basically boils down to the fact that um, no contract is supposed to, oh no, well, no contract is supposed to live forever. That's one thing. Oh, that's not even what I'm talking about. I want to talk about the statute of frauds. That's more, that's more relevant to what we're talking about today. Statute of frauds is where a contract is not enforceable if it is um, it applies to something that has to happen more than a year after the, si- the time of its coming into action. So say um, um, you entered into a contract to meet with me to be a performer, okay? And we set the date for one year and six days from now. Well, if we don't have it in writing, that agreement is unenforceable because of this thing called the statute of frauds. All right. So if you're going to enter into like some sort of employment agreement or your ownership agreement, where you have a business and you expect it to last a long time, there's a good chance the statute of frauds applies and you may not have any agreement whatsoever and you could just be kicked out and they can't, you can't do anything. Obviously talk to your attorney. You want to know all that legal stuff from a professional competent advisor regarding your situation, right? But contracts 
like they they define the extent and scope of the relationship and exactly what it is you're supposed to be doing, right? If you come on and board, like as I'm a consultant, so I'll come on and um, if I have a, a poorly drafted agreement, it'll say like, I'm, I will perform consulting services such that a typical consultant would perform. Okay, for me, I might know what that means. For the client, it might mean something completely different. For them, it may mean like twice daily calls, check-ins, homework, you know, have you do some work? Like, what does a consultant do exactly? And that's why you have to have these terms like super, super boring and defined. Um, you know, I've, I've had, um, I have standard contracts that I've used for years because again, I was an attorney. And so I would take from this attorney's contract and that attorney's contract, I'd find this, this contract online and I would build these like super awesome contracts based on what I saw through the years. And I, um, so when I, I go to do a deal with somebody, I'll often send this agreement and the agreement will be like 13, 17 pages. And for most people, that's like, that's a really long contract. And they're not going to spend the time to read through it. And they'll complain like, oh, can we just like get something in like a single page? I don't know if I can sign my name in a single page because like the amount of stuff that needs to go into an agreement in order to protect yourself is, is more than 13 pages, to be honest. Like I really should have like a 50, 60, 80 page agreement. Then you have to like put your initials on every page and sign in triplicate because of just how important and relevant, like every little aspect of my business is. And just same as with you and your business, say you're, um, well, who am I going to use an example? A content creator. Okay, say you're a content creator. You want to enter into a uh, some sort of sponsorship relationship with an advertiser of some type. Okay, so what do you do? They send you a contract, you sign it, and then you're good. Like. That's not, in my personal opinion, that's not a good thing to do. Like you really should hire an attorney. You need to be negotiating these things. Um, because in my personal opinion, you as the content creator, you're the one who has the thing of value that they are paying for. And that's the exposure to your audience or the actual audience that you have, right? So if they're just going to send you a contract, like this is what we're willing to give you, I can do better. You can move on. Like you don't just take any schleps, you know, agreement that they put in front of you. That's, that's bad business. Think about it. Think about what you are worth and how you and your content can reach people and what that is worth to people. So if you're already selling product on your site or through your, your, your brand, well, that's great. That's evidence that you're able to sell stuff. And then you take, um, you know, what's your monthly spend, you know, how many purchases, you know, how often you advertise, you know, to put all this data together and then you can present it to advertisers and you can go shopping for their money rather than waiting for them to come to you, okay? But again, once they give you a contract, because usually they're going to want to give you their contract, everybody wants to give you their contract because their contract is written, as you might guess, in the benefit of them, right? It helps them out. So um, I would strongly encourage you to spend a few dollars. It's not many hundreds of dollars. I know hundreds of dollars can be a lot of money for some people. Spend the money, go talk to an attorney, get them to draft up an agreement for you that you can use as a template from now on. There's a little, little note about attorneys. Attorneys hate making templates for people. Okay. They hate it because it means you don't have to come back to them in order to draft a new agreement. Right. But if you can take an agreement that they make and you can, you know, adjust certain things here and there, I'm not going to advise you on what exactly to remove, but if you adjust the agreement that they make for you, you can create your own template because you are allowed to, you know, change your legal documents, however you want. 
All right. And then you can go off and use that over and over and again. I would um, still advise you to run it by an attorney to make sure it looks good, but beyond that. Okay. So you have your agreement. They have their agreement. What's going to happen is assuming you have like a, a normal business relationship, you'd enter into some sort of negotiations. Okay. If they believe that what you provide is worth it, they're not going to just go, you know, carte blanche, sign our thing. Otherwise we're out. They're going to be like, okay, well, let's see where we can negotiate. We can change things here. We might allow this. Right. Um, and on your side, you'd be like, well, I don't want to like have to post something of yours 12 times a day, every single day for the next year and a half. Like let's negotiate down a little bit. And so you go into this process, preferably if you have the finances to do this, you hire an attorney, the attorney does all the negotiating on your behalf. They come to you every now and then to like, does this sound good? If not, then they go back and they negotiate otherwise. Okay. And like, that's the easy way. The easy way is to have the attorneys do it all. You get a phone call every now and then, you know, bada bing. Okay. With all that said, contracts are, God, they're boring. Yeah. I, I, I read legalese. I, or, um, I'm not an attorney anymore, but I still read legalese. I still have a, friends who are attorneys who will send me materials and say, hey, can you give me your like opinion on this? I'm like, no, because I'm not supposed to. Um, but um, contracts, you think you know what it says. You most likely don't. And because I can tell you, like I, having read these things over and over and over again, um, I had a, a case that my firm was handling years and years ago where we got something like, 3,000 pages of documents during this case. Okay, and I'd read every single page because I had to in order to prepare for this case. And I read it again a couple months later. And then I read it again a couple months later. And that's a lot of material to have to go through for this case, right? Well, after a bunch of stuff happened in court and we had a, some hearings, we got some more hearings, more hearings, more hearings. Eventually I went back through the file one more time and I found something that I hadn't seen before. Okay. Contracts, if they're 3,000 pages, 4,000 pages, you're in trouble. Um, if it's 15 pages, I'll tell you, you're going to read through that. You're probably going to blow through that real quick. You're going to like, just got to gloss over stuff and you'll probably miss stuff. It's, it's so important that you hire someone who actually has been trained to look at the words on the page and know that they mean something different than what you might think they mean. Okay. It's, it's still a habit that I'm kind of trying to get out of. Um, I'll read something and there's these things called in the law called terms of art. Okay. And it's, it's the term of art is means a, a phrase or a word or expression that means something very specific for the law and nobody else. Okay. And so if you're reading it and you come across a term of art and you don't know that it's a term of art, you might think it means something different. And if you don't Google it and figure this stuff out, like you might just go, Oh yeah, I think I know what that means. And it meant something totally different. And the whole like contract could like be not in your favor. Contracts are crazy important because it could screw you over. One sentence could screw you over. It could be the difference between being paid every single week, being paid once a year. Maybe pay, maybe the difference being not paid at all based on, you know, requirements in the contract, especially if you're like a contract worker or an independent contractor, right? If you're an employee, you should still be looking at your contract because, you know, how often do you get uh, vacation pay and how, when does it accrue? Like, do you have to wait an entire year before you get two weeks? And do you get the two weeks at the end of that first? First year, or do you have to then wait a certain amount of time? Like, if you don't actually understand this stuff, like one day it'd be like, hey, wait a second, I thought I was going to this. And then you look at the paperwork and it wasn't, and it's trouble. So, 
On that note, I'm going to remind you all, organization is the enemy of sloth. It, it's crazy important that you understand your contracts because you may not think you need them. If you want to go anywhere as a gamerpreneur, you need to have agreements with people, okay? Let's, let's set aside the word contract for a second. You need to have agreements with people, whether they're making graphics for you or logos or, or they're helping you build your actual business by like doing your accounting for you or you know whatever else. We have to deal with other people on this planet in order to do business. That's what capitalism is. Somebody's got capital. You have an idea on how to best utilize that capital. And therefore, they're willing to lend you the capital to build the business in order to give them a return. Okay. So maybe it's a service provider. They have capital in the form of labor. You are willing to pay for that labor. And so they come to you, you give them money, they go do the work and they bring you back the work product. Okay. You have to understand that if you do not know what you're doing, if you go into this acting like a chump who's just going to wing it because I like I do things all the, my way, you will crash and burn. Someone's going to take advantage of you. Multiple people are going to take advantage of you because at some point you're going to be like, well, I like being honest and innocent and I'm just going to keep acting that way. And you're just going to be totally naive because you're you're ignorant and stubborn. All right. Don't, don't be ignorant and stubborn. Be willing to learn from mistakes. Be willing to hire trained professionals. It is, you know, especially for small business and starting businesses, it is like one of the bite, most biting things having to go and hire someone to do something that you think you should be able to do yourself. All right. I used to be an attorney. I am privileged, honestly, still pretty good at most legal things. All right. I don't do most legal things anymore because I understand that I need to go and hire that, that help to do it. One, because they have insurance. And if they screw it up, I get their insurance money. Like this, right? right. It makes sense. Uh, but two, that person's disinterested. And being disinterested means that they have a vantage point that you do not have. You're in the thick of it. You're in the mud. You are in, you know, doing the firefight against the opponent who's the other side and you're like sniping them they're sniping you and you think that this is the only deal i can get because you know that's the perspective you have but this trained person is going to be able to take a look and go no 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 that's not how any of this works what are you guys doing there this is what we're going to do and you may think that you know your way is the best way it's the only way it probably isn't so i don't want to beat this horse to death too much like um I've seen too many people get in trouble because of their contracts. I've gotten in trouble in the past because of my contracts. I know, honestly, every business person I've ever met, every single one has gotten in trouble because of their contracts. And it'll probably happen to you as you grow as a gamerpreneur as well. Just understand you need to learn from these mistakes. You need to have advisors. If you can take those two things to heart and move forward, understand that it's a process of growing a business, everything will be hunky-dory. Beautiful. All right, everybody. Don't be just a gamer. Be a gamerpreneur.